It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. Yes, it's another episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show. And as always, it's my aim in this episode and every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in because I'm really looking forward to helping you with this episode as well. In today's episode, We are exploring the journey of a multi-brand e-commerce business. We're going from what led them to set up their first brand 10 years ago to why they decided rather than add new products into the existing brand, they decided to create new brands. Talking about how to manage multiple brands. We're talking multiple websites, multiple product types, but with a, a clear piece running through them all. And uh, we are going to get into touch briefly on buying businesses and get into a lot of other kind of cool stuff um, around marketing, story and so forth as well. There's a lot coming up in this one, but it's also one which, which is just kind of a really lovely story to listen into. Before we get into all that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Helium 10 has all the tools you need to run your business in one place. No more downloading multiple apps or paying for different software. And I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash master plan. That's H-E-L-I-U-M-1-0 dot com/masterplan And now to introduce today's special guest. Trevor Crotz is the CEO and founder at Buddy Brands, a pet products company founded in 2011. They've now become multiple dog brands which combined have annual sales in the substantial seven figures. Hello Trevor. Hey, pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. I'm really interested to hear about the story of how you how you went from one dog brand to multiple dog brands because um, we we've touched on a little bit of it before we hit record and it sounds fascinating. Um, but but actually, I suppose where it all starts is how you got started in e-commerce. So what led you to e-commerce? Um, you know, I think my first my first little dip my toe in e-commerce was eBay in the early 2000s. I was actually an eBay power seller. So I used to resell not only my own stuff, but other people's stuff and uh, really got a, a great understanding from eBay. You know, and I even today, sometimes I recommend people start on eBay. If, you know, if somebody asks, well, I just don't know how to attack this, but I know I want to try to start with e-commerce. I still feel like eBay, even though I don't dabble with it anymore, um, I feel like it's a good place to learn. You know, being able to sell things online, write listings, take photographs, handle customer issues. It's a great proving ground. And so I found I found myself uh, 
uh, pretty uh, enamored with it in the beginning and uh, you know had a pretty good run on it for a while for a couple of years there in the early 2000s. That was my first experience with e-commerce and that's kind of what got me the bug to get started. It does teach you the fundamentals, doesn't it? The The need for a good product, good photography, good content, the crucial importance of keeping the customer happy as well. I mean, there's no better place than eBay to learn that, I think. Absolutely. Okay, so was that where Buddy Brands started or did Buddy Brands, did, what, which was your first Buddy Brand? Yeah, so uh, our story started about 10 years ago uh, with a company called Buddy Rest. So uh, at the time, I was actually working in the mattress industry. And what happened is I, I had a big dog uh, named Buddy. He's a, a Labradoodle. And so half lab, half poodle. And, and I got him because growing up, I had a poodle and, and Absolutely loved uh, loved that dog, and uh, she lived to be fifteen or sixteen, and had a really long life, and and we were just really attached. So when it came, when I became a young man, I decided to go get my own dog, and I decided that uh, you know maybe a little toy poodle probably wasn't my speed uh, in my <laughs> early twenties, and I got a labradoodle who uh, was a pretty big guy, and uh, you know one day at a routine visit to the vet, I was really surprised to discover that he wasn't supposed to live that long. And my vet told me his life expectancy was about 10 years. And I was like, how can that be? You know, he's half poodle. My other poodle lived to be about 15. Well, he told me that, you know, dogs like, uh, like Buddy were, uh, you know, suffered from painful joint problems. And that was the reason why their lifespan was just so much shorter. So upon doing some more research, I found out that, uh, you know, painful joint problems end big dogs' lives about four years earlier than their smaller counterparts. Wow. And so, you know, at the time I learned all this, I was working in the mattress industry. And so I had knew, I had already seen firsthand how the right support system and how a, t a pressure free support could really help people. And I could see how it helped people with back problems and hip problems. Uh, and uh, I, I went to look at, for something that was a good supportive product that would be uh, a proactive thing for my dog as he aged. Uh, there's just nothing out there. There's nothing out there at the time. There's a bunch of uh, egg crate foam beds that, that claim to be supportive, but that's the same stuff that you use in, in shipping, uh, not really in, in mattresses. And so, um, you know, out of the need and I saw an opportunity to create a business and do something for him and all the other dogs that were destined to suffer that fate. And we started with Buddy Rest. And that's really what, you know, got us got us going. I had wondered where Buddy came from, the the name across everything, and uh, and yeah, I can I can really see how how you know it's I find it fascinating how many businesses start because the owner finds a problem, and then it's like well the only way to fix it is to do it myself. So how how did you go about growing Buddy Rest, and how long was for how long was that your solo brand? Um, yeah, so the first several years we were just doing Buddy Rest, and I, I like to tell about how we really started because you know we weren't really sure if this was a business or not. You know we. We uh, hired a freelancer and uh, had them build us a website, and it was just a mess. We we did we made one prototype product and we took it to a local pet fair here. And it, it, when I say it was a mess, it was a literal mess. We, we joke about it now. You know, we had a big banner behind us with our website. Well, the website was down; it wasn't working. Our freelancer didn't get it up in time, and he wasn't responding to our messages. And people were wanting to know how much these cost and where can I buy them, and we didn't have any to sell. Um, and so, you know, what, we made a lot of mistakes uh, in the beginning, but really what, what we got from that pet fair, even though we didn't get necessarily a bunch of sales because we didn't have anything to sell, but what we did get was validation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, dog people were interested in this product. They're interested in a better support system for the health of your animal. So that gave us the validation to, to keep going. 
And so from there, we actually made some products. We actually got our website going. Uh, and uh, I think two weeks after that, we made our first sale online and uh, things kind of grew organically from there. And so uh, we bootstrapped it in the beginning and we made another sale, then another sale and another sale. And then we went to uh, a pet industry trade show and made some connections uh, with some of the, the, the bigger uh, big box stores and catalog companies and whatnot. And it just kind of exploded from there. And as someone who was uh, an eBay specialist, why did you decide to go own site rather than eBay in the first instance? Uh, to be fair, I think anybody who spends, uh, I hope eBay is not a sponsor of your show, but anybody who <laughs> spends uh, more than a couple of years dealing with eBay has probably had enough of eBay. You know, there's just so many things that you can't control and, uh, you know, with, the, the, with PayPal and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, owning the customer relationship, building out the own brand, that was super important for us. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think by the time I was done with eBay, uh, several years before I launched this company, I was done with eBay, uh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but, you know, when it comes to launching the company, you know, we weren't necessarily designed to be an e-commerce brand. We were, we were focused on uh, being in pet, pet stores uh, around the United States and eventually around the world. And so we put a lot of effort into being, uh, you know, being in brick and mortar retailers. We spent uh, the first couple of years really, really fighting that battle. And we got six, 700 stores that picked up our products. The problem that we found was, is that we could push them into the stores. We couldn't pull them through. So we would get the order and the shop owner would really love the product, but we wouldn't get the reorder because the, the salespeople in the store weren't able to really articulate, and educate the customer into the product. So what you have is a, is an expensive dog bed uh, that no one has is there to build a value of. And so after several years of dealing with that, we, we switched our focus to be more uh, direct to consumer and uh, focus on online and online partnerships. And that really was pivotal for us. And obviously, you know, 10 years later, uh, that was obviously the right move, especially after what happened last year. When, when you were saying about why you came to create the product, I was like, right, I totally get why you'd need this, but I wouldn't get it if there wasn't that level of explanation. Right. You know, and, and when you said about the egg crate dog bed, that's clearly a very cheap product. And to do it properly, if you're comparative to a human mattress, it's not going to be a very cheap product. So I, right. so I guess nowadays, you know, if you were launching it, say, right, we need a really good Facebook video ad and we need, you know, content and then a story and all this kind of stuff. But 10 years ago, that just wasn't something that was normal in the e-commerce space. Yeah, things have changed a lot. And, and you know, going in, in the original idea that we needed to educate people into the product, um, you know, that's that's something I see as a challenge for brands all over the world. You know, it, whether if, if you're a cost leader, that's kind of a different scenario, but the, only the big dogs are really playing in that space. And if you're trying to be a cost leader uh, against the big dogs that have all the advantages, that makes it a really tough sledding for you. And so the other, you know, going the other route with differentiation and having a higher dollar product and having something that really brings tremendous value um, is I think the best path to go, but it also means that there's a huge educational component that you have to be able to achieve. And uh, we found it, we just found it was easier to educate people with that, you know, with videos and content online versus relying on some part-time, you know, 16 year old employee. And that's really where we made that that pivot, and, and we were happy that we did. Um, you know, but even after all that growth, a couple of years in, we we found ourselves with a really kind of a really cool business, but it was still a very uh, it was still a very small business. It was definitely in a niche. And what we found was is we wanted to expand into other channels and and expand into grab more market uh, from the industry itself. The pet industry is a fantastic place to be. 
but not all dog people are the same. And that's just why we've come out with multiple brands, uh, either through a build or a buy strategy where we acquired them. Uh, and now we are Buddy Brands, which is a uh, collection of uh, products that, that really uh, go after different target demographics. So, for example, you know, the same people that buy uh, tactical dog gear from our Tough Pup brand uh, is not necessarily the same customer that's going to resonate on our Natural Doggy brand. And so, this day and age, it's super important that your messaging uh, is direct and you're not trying to be something for everybody, but you're being uh, who, what you need for who you need it for. And that's really what we've done. Looking backwards, it's really obvious that these these different niches or niches need to be tackled with different websites because they have a slightly different product range, different products, different yeah. messaging to get out there. But back when you're sat there with Buddy Rest going, well, we like being in the pet industry. We like what we've done, but we can only get so big with dog beds for large dogs that have joint issues. How easy a decision was it to go, right, we're going to launch another brand, another website versus, well, let's just create dog beds for small dogs. Right. You know, you know, I got a lot of pushback on it because uh, at the time, you know, I was a little bit younger. I was more naive than I am today. And I really, you know, I was casting a big vision for what I was trying to accomplish. And oftentimes we have a challenge for those, those crazy people like us that are entrepreneurs with, you know, people think that we have shiny object syndrome, which is, you know, that this is the newest, coolest thing. I got to go after that, or I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, I just oftentimes just thought that people just did not understand how big I was trying to go and, and, and big I was trying to think, and they just didn't get it. Um, in retrospect, though, um, you know, because I had a lot of pushback, that why don't you just do that under Buddy Rest? And why don't you sell, you know, CBD supplements? So what, well, CBD wasn't around back then, but supplements and and consumables and dog collars and leashes sell that under the buddy rest name. You've already got some brand equity there. You've already got a customer base. And I just didn't think it fit well. And it didn't, it just didn't reconcile for me. We tried to figure out how to, how to split it all up and it just, just didn't work. And so I thought that really the only way forward was to capture more market share was to build out these brands or in, in some, in two different cases, acquire these brands that allowed us to really go after that market where the, the messaging was uh, was right on point and it resonated with the target audience. And I think that that was the right move in retrospect. Uh, what you find out though, when you go and you cast such a broad vision is that you have to kind of narrow it in as time goes. You've got to follow the money, find the customer and, and really reiterate and figure out what works. And that's why, you know, over the years, I think we've had seven brands and now we, we really focus on four or five of them. Uh, because the other one's just, you can't push six boulders up a mountain, right? Or seven boulders up a mountain. Yeah. And so, you, so you've only got so many, so much horsepower to put down on the road. And, and this is why we're, we're a little bit more niched up than we, we used to be. But then when you've got seven boulders to choose from, you can choose the best ones to push up the hill. Whereas if you've only got one boulder, then you're kind of stuck with that boulder to take the boulder analogy way too far. Um, so, Trevor, which was the second brand and how did you come up with the product idea for that one? Because that must have been a bit of a different scenario than the vet giving you some bad news. Yeah. So the second brand we started was Pup IQ, which was designed to be all about intelligent products for pets. And so, you know, the, 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 the idea was, is that we could create some really cool products that maybe not necessarily fit under the buddy rest line. Uh, so we came out with a lot of like, uh, we have a really cool magnetic prismatic collar. So we have a dog collar that's easier to get on and take off, but it still is uh, very tough. It can hold up to 700 pounds of force. Uh, especially important if you have like, you know, uh, you know, older parents, for example, like I do, where their hands maybe don't work as well as they, as well as they used to. And it really makes it easy to take the, co the collar on and off. So you can see like those prismatic collars. 
but really what we were looking to do is how can we how can we sprinkle the differentiation that we sprinkled on dog beds? How can we find other products where we can uh, make them a premium product and make make them deliver more value? And so that's why we started doing dog collars with Pup IQ. Uh, and then from there, we, we made an acquisition where we bought a dog safety company called uh, Pet Envy. And uh, that was all about, uh, you know, reflective dog gear, dog, you know, gear that keeps keeps dogs safe. And then uh, Tough Pup came after that, uh, which was kind of close to my heart, which is it was a man brand, uh, which is, you know, it's all about dogs and trucks and and. You know, tactical gear, overbuilt, you know, it's a lot of like working dogs, military dogs, police dogs, that kind of thing. Uh, and then uh, recently, well, recently, a couple of years back, we ended up buying uh, a, a platform called Sit Stay, which is a e-commerce company that's been around since 1995. So just to put that wow. in perspective. That was 10 years before YouTube came out. And in fact, all of our marketers on staff that work on it are much younger than the website itself. Uh, but with that, we we also uh, spun out our natural doggy brand, and that's really where the incarnation is, is who we are today as buddy brands. Now, the the continuity that ties everything together, if you, you can see that we have all these different things that go after different approaches, and we have consumables, we're really big into CBD. But ultimately, what ties it all together is that all of our products are solution based. That's that's where I come from, and that's where my background is. Is right, we're solving real problems for pet people, and so. We're not the ones that, that create the, the cool bow ties to go on your dog's collar. We're not the ones that make, you know, funny uh, outfits for, for your dog to wear. Uh, that's just not what we do. We focus on, on, you know, real problems. And by that, I mean allergies, anxiety, pain, mobility, these types of things that really are problems for dogs and their quality of life. And that's, that's really the continuity that goes through all of it is that it's all about solving these problems, whether it be, uh, you know, CBD, you know, the, the best premium uh, CBD oil derived from Colorado hemp, whether it be, uh, you know, dog treats that really help uh, with, you know, with uh, wild Alaskan salmon oil or coconut oil, you know, or, uh, you know, little things like how does a dog, how does an older dog get in and out of a bed? You know, we invented a mobility layer that actually gave memory foam a little more spring. So it let the older dogs get up in and out easier. So all these things are just like little solution-based things that really we focus in on. So although uh, to the layman, it might look like we're doing a lot of different things, but we are doing a lot of different things, but they're all with the same mission of really helping animals with a better quality of life, keeping your pet happy and healthy. And you talked, we talked about, a, bit, a little bit about the boulders metaphor earlier. Um, I'm going to kind of hold on to that metaphor again for probably longer than I should, because I think hey, this kind of works. you want to go works. back to the boulders, I'm all in. Let's We're go. going with the boulders. So you've got the seven boulders, four of which are actively pushing up the hill at the moment. Do you use, is it like a cookie cutter boulder pushing method that you've got mixing metaphors terribly here? Um, or do you take a different marketing approach with each of those to grow them? Or is it very much the same approach your team takes? You know, I think there's a lot of crossover, obviously, and there's a lot of kind of standardized practices these days that, that every brand needs to be doing. Uh, but no, the answer is it's a diverse approach and it depends on it depends on what works. Right. So with all of our product development and, you know, and I do kind of hang my hat at the end of the day, I'm more of a, a marketer and a salesperson and a product developer than, you know, let's say a bean counting uh, CEO or founder. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a more of a big picture guy. And so you know, when it comes to product development, when it comes to all of these different things, you really need to take uh, take an approach about solving a problem and then kind of reverse engineering it from there. 
And sometimes, although there's a lot of crossover and a lot of uh, there's a lot of ability for us to leverage other assets that we have in play, it's not always what works on one is not always what works on another. And what mm-hmm. worked yesterday doesn't always what works today. So it's like, you know, I look at it as that uh, to, to bring another analogy into the equation. I look at it as that uh, success is is rented. You know, it's not something that you own. And every single day you've got to pay rent on your success. And so that means you got to be open to trying new things and you got to be open to finding new ways up that mountain with the boulder. And sometimes, and I trust me that we have absolutely failed a lot. And so I'm not here to give anybody advice on what to do. I'm here to share my experience and because I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, uh, especially when it comes to manufacturing and, and figuring things out and figuring out how to work at all. But it's something that we use Kaizen principles, continuous improvement, reiterate, be better tomorrow than you were today. And uh, slow progress, you know, just that in and out of doing the right things every single day starts to accumulate and compound. And that's really where we've, I think, found the success we have today. I could not agree with you more on the constant reiteration side of things there. But I want to kind of tackle that, how you approach the multiple brands by another angle, because I'm trying to ask you some questions that will will hopefully be the ones the audience are, are shouting at whatever it is they're listening on right now. And it strikes me that, that when I look, so my, my career started off in a multi-brand business and multiple retailers, and we had certain teams that were common across all of them. And we had certain teams who were unique. So the marketing team was unique to each brand. Customer services worked on everything. Finance worked on everything. So maybe that's why I find it so fascinating when there's a multi-brand business. It's like, do you have like a Facebook ads team who work across everything or do and do you have someone who kind of is the owner of each brand? So how have you approached the kind of the, the labor division, I suppose, which then very closely to my mind links to the ownership angle? Yeah, of the absolutely. So I think I think that's a great question for us. You know, we're not a, we're not a giant company, so we don't have large teams. I think our, our headcount's around 20 right now. And keep in mind, we're also we've got a lot of production people and warehouse people. So we're a small team. And, you know, when I say that, it's because a lot of almost every product that we sell, we make here in the United States. And we have one of the only cut and sew facilities left in the States. So not only do we make products for us, but we have a good part of our business. And I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty good chunk. We actually make products for other companies now. Um, and so we make products for, you know, Wayfair and Gunner Kennel Company and, and CC Animal Health and a lot of other companies that are looking for a solution based approach we can use kind of the experience we have and create custom products for them. But as far as from a team standpoint goes, yeah, we do have some brand managers. We think that that's kind of the way it goes. We work uh, on more of a project management level. So we have people that have different levels of expertise. And then we supplement the team with some really good uh, agency partners. Um, And I say really good because I've dealt, and I know you've you've got some experience with agencies and the vast majority of agencies over-promise, under-deliver, um, and are here today and gone tomorrow, you know, and it's all about moving the needle for people. And, and uh, now that I actually own an agency too, I'm, I feel like I, I'm more free to talk trash about it. But the, <laughs> fact is, the fact is, is that most agencies just don't deliver. And I understand, mm. and I, I have that perspective and I've, I've, I've hired and fired so many of them that there is a couple that have, uh, that have really proven themselves to us. And so I, I work with an SEO agency, a Facebook ads person, and, I, and some of the, the skill set that we don't have in-house, we definitely supplement with some great, great people. It does take a while to find the right agency. And it's, um, yeah, back when I had an agency, it was 
I just, I was just, how are they making so much money when they do such a terrible job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or appear to be making so much money in some cases. No, but, you know, they make some money, but it's not very sustainable, right? At the end of the yeah. day, you got to move the needle for the client. Exactly. Indeed you do. And I think, Trevor, we could possibly have quite a long rant about agencies, but I think we'll try and, we'll try and avoid doing that today. All right. We're going to move into the top tips very shortly. But before we do that, I want to ask you one last question about your journey, which is if anyone out there is listening and they're thinking, yes, we need to go on a very similar journey to Trevor. We've got that core guiding principle of everything we do. We've got maybe a couple of product ideas or we've got one site and we're, we're de- having that deliberation of, do we squeeze this product into our existing brand or do we do something new? What's the kind of key advice you give everyone who's planning on following your road? Well, if you're following my road, you're going to take a lot longer than you really need to because that is not one straight path up the mountain. It's up and down, up and down, around, circling back around, lost, wandering around in the desert for a little while, finding the mountain again. So, I mean, definitely don't follow my path. But if you are looking to learn from some of the experience that I have to share, I would say that, um, you know, looking for product market fit and where that alignment is, is probably the most critical thing. Oftentimes people try to fit things in that don't really work. And uh, I've got what I, what I think to be lots of great ideas, whether they are or not, uh, have yet, has yet to be proven, but I don't actually pursue any of them unless they're a good fit with something that I already have going on. Because at the, at the end of the day, we all have 24 hours in the day. Uh, and so you have to be really careful with how you spend that. And, and going back to entrepreneurs in general, do we do tend to have a little bit of that shiny object syndrome. We're always looking for that what's around the corner and what's next and what's coming and how can I make this successful? And I've got this great idea that would disrupt this, but you have to kind of look at what pieces you have in front of you and what makes the most sense and how those pieces can, can work. And so at this point, and you know, 10 years into my journey, I don't pursue any idea that I don't have some, um, some existing leverage or a strategic advantage with. Um, and so I've got some ideas that I have a couple big ones that I I'd like to pursue down the road that I think might be, uh, you know, game changing for the world. Uh, but I just don't have, I don't want to start from zero and I don't have what I need for there. So I would look, I would take a really close look at what, what your assets are in front of you and what your brand is about and who's about and see if you can make it natural and intuitive and organic. If you're trying to create a new product line and if it doesn't fit in there naturally and organic and intuitively, then it shouldn't exist in that product space. I think you should probably, uh, put that out on its own or, you know, find a way to actually maybe license it or find a way to put it out to where it has its own branding that's resonating with the customer. Everything we do, I feel personally, should be very natural, organic, and intuitive. It should all be about user experience. And it's really easy to find when something just doesn't fit. So if it doesn't feel like it fits, then it doesn't fit. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.
Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Whether you're just starting or are several years into e-commerce, it is a must-have tool for your business and I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash masterplan. That's H-E-L-I-U-M-1-0 dot com slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, after that outstanding advice, uh, Trevor, we're going to take you into the top tips now. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Trevor, you ready for these? Sure. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Mm. Can I go with a couple real quick? You can have a couple, yeah. Okay, appreciate that. That leeway. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He's an FBI negotiator, super entertaining. Whether you read it or listen to it on Audible, it will keep you uh, glued to it. But it talks about how to negotiate pretty much everything in life. And I think you'll find that incredibly valuable. So that's Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, a book I actually just read that a lot of people have referred to me that I really like is The Alchemist. I read The Alchemist. I forget who the author is. Um, but The Alchemist I read a couple weeks ago, and it talks about finding your personal journey, uh, your personal legend, not settling for less. You know, the shepherd had a good thing going. He was a, a successful shepherd. He met the, the this baker's daughter. This is obviously takes takes place a, a ways back. But uh, the baker's daughter, he could have had a really nice, uh, happy life if he was content with that. But something inside of him was driving him to pursue his, his personal legend and to find that treasure at the end. And that, to me really resonated with me because I look around and I see oftentimes people settle, uh, whether that be in, 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 well, in every aspect of life. And I just feel like, you know, we don't know if we, maybe some some people can claim to know, but we don't know if we have uh, one shot of this thing or not. And so I want to live the, the most epic life that has the biggest impact. And it's, it's really a life of significance and meaning. And that's what The Alchemist really kind of helps illustrate. So I'll just go with those two for now. I like that one practical book and one super practical big picture book as well, because there's nothing impractical about The Alchemist. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, Google AdWords. I, I've built my business on Google AdWords. I think that oftentimes people are looking, so they call Facebook the traffic store. But, you know, the difference is, is that if you have a small item that's, you know, able to be bought without a lot of education or maybe can be an impulse buy. I think social media is a, a fantastic option. Uh, and for some of our products, it works really well, you know, but for some of our more expensive products, like our dog beds that, uh, you know, really require an educational piece, Google AdWords really is, is where it's at. And the reason I say that is if, oftentimes as marketers, I don't think we pay enough attention to the intent. So we say, oh, we've got all this great traffic, you know, and I've got sites that have, get amazing traffic, but it's all top of the funnel, uh, non-intentional traffic. What we're looking for is who is wanting to buy right now today? Who's looking to shop? And I think that nothing gets better than Google AdWords when it comes to, to buying intent. Oh, I love a Google Ads recommendation. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Mm, you know, I use a, a note-taking platform called Rome Research, which 
gosh, I got to stop giving out tools. I need some affiliate links or something. You know, we keep talking <laughs> about what we need. We need to monetize this thing. <laughs> the uh, Rome Research is really cool for uh, entrepreneurial brains because it's about association uh, versus compartmentalizing notes. So oftentimes when you're writing notes, uh, you find yourself, okay, making this note fit into this category, this note fit into this category. This, it naturally associates uh, different frames of thought. And so I can have a page of notes, one that's talking about, you know, what we need to do in our morning staff meeting, another that's talking about what Facebook ads need to be tweaked on. And I can just put that all on one page and it automatically integrates. So Rome Research is really cool. You know, I like Monday as a project management platform. I know it's one of the more basic ones out there. And, uh, but for what we need from a, a project management standpoint to keep everybody connected, it's that we like, we kind of like the basic. Um, and then from a, a, a marketing tool, I'm a big fan. Uh, well, regardless of how you say it, whether it's Clavio or Clavio, I've heard it multiple different ways. Uh, but the ability to segment your audience and really build uh, amazing relationships at scale uh, is possible with that particular app. And I've, I've used MailChimp and Constant Contact and a lot of different things over the years. And I'm really pleased with how Clavio is able to deliver that the segmentation and then deliver the messaging on top of that. I'm glad you said that because whilst eBay are not a sponsor of this podcast, Clavio are. So, hey, uh, there you hey. go. so we're keeping the sponsors happy today. We're, at least good. we're going to keep that sponsorship in, in line at least. Yeah, well, We'll keep the Clavio team on our side. That would be good. Uh, okay. The growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? One tip to take you from 100 orders to 1,000 orders. We, you know what? It's, it's more of a philosophy than a tip, but it would be finding out what works and then quadrupling down on that, right? So... Oftentimes we, we take this omni channel, omni uh, marketing approach, and I think that's important, but really finding out what works and amplifying, accelerating and, and like really diving into why it's working, what it's working. I think that's incredibly powerful when it comes to scaling the business. And if I could throw in a bonus tip for anybody out there, this is kind of a, a public service announcement I like to share is, is don't be a perfectionist. Done beats perfect every time. Every single time done beats perfect. So while you're working on making sure that this is perfect or this product launch is perfect or this image looks perfect, uh, there's someone else that's just getting things done and grabbing market share and making sales. So move fast, be agile. The way I always like to talk about our company uh, is that uh, it might actually mean something, this metaphor to you guys, but it's, it's the British versus the Spanish Armada, right? So we're outgunned. There's all these big giant, uh, this flotilla of giant galleons coming to take what's ours. What is our, what, what's our options? We've got to be faster. We've got to be in and out. We've got to pick our spots. Uh, and I think that's really, really what is the tactical advantage we have as a smaller, more agile company. I love it, Trevor. So much good advice. Look, uh, could you please let everybody know where they can find uh, Buddy Brands if they want to go and check you out, please? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Buddy, you can find Buddy Rest at BuddyRest.com. That's B-U-D-D-Y-R-E-S-T.com. You can find Natural Doggy, which is the best, most natural products that really help your dog be happy and healthy. That's Natural Doggy, D-O-G-G-I-E.com. You can find Tough Pup at ToughPup.com. Uh, and then uh, Pup IQ is P-U-P-I-Q.com. Uh, you can find uh, if you if you have a, a product idea or you want to talk about uh, how we can maybe help bring your idea to life with our manufacturing, you can go to buddybrands.pet. Um, you can find me a lot of the time working on the agency side. If you need help with marketing, uh, it's compelcommerce.com. 
Uh, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn and I spend a lot of my time on Clubhouse. I absolutely love Clubhouse. If you're not on Clubhouse, uh, you, you, you can jump on there and find me. Uh, and my tag is uh, Trevor-1, Trevor number one. Oh, nice, nice Clubhouse tag. I like that. Um, and uh, Trevor, you mentioned your agency briefly there and uh, we referred to it earlier. And I know it's all still user experience. Do you want to tell us just a little bit more about the agency and what you get up to there? Because I think some of the listeners might find it interesting. Yeah, sure. With Compel Commerce, we help brands really bridge the gap between shopping at home and shopping in a store. We do this uh, you know, by making sure that your e-commerce strategy is on point, making sure that you're driving traffic the right way, making sure that you have the basic things that you need in order to be successful as an e-commerce company. And then we also we also really focus on creating amazing user experiences and you know showing people whether it be 3D augmented reality experiences. Um, using uh, 3D modeling to create virtual product photography or even using 3D modeling to create virtual product videos that really are uh, you know, top of the line, amazing stuff that gives you that, that kind of high-end feel like an Apple does on their commercials, that kind of thing. It's very possible, very accessible, and that's where we spend a lot of our time. Nice. And if people want to find out more, where do they head to for, uh, for Compel? All right, compelcommerce.com. And uh, like I said, I'm definitely, I love connecting with people um, and, you know, I'm an e-commerce person. I love to, I love to connect with people like you and other e-commerce people as well. So if you want to reach me, you know how to find me now, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Happy to have a conversation with anyone. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Trevor. You have shared so much insight and so many great tips today. Uh, I really thank you for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Uh, it's been my pleasure and I really appreciate you having me on. I look forward to coming back sometime in the future. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> Cheers, Trevor. Bye. All right. Thanks, Chloe. Lots of lovely insight there from Trevor, both on the kind of that bit, that big picture, how you go about building these brands, how you make those big fundamental decisions on your business, right down to some more tactical stuff in there as well. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to the different things we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. As you probably know by now, if you listen to a few of these, the whole reason I'm doing this, the whole reason I'm bringing you a new interview every week is because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to create successful, thriving businesses, the ones that hit the objectives that you have for your life and for your business. So I would love to help some more people. So if you know some other e-commerce business owners who I can help by getting them to listen to the show, then please do spread the word. For now, though, I hope you have a great week. And as Trevor was mentioning this multiple times today in the How to Do It All, make sure you keep optimising, everybody. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.